looking for a podcast about nothing, then you are definitely in the right spot. Join Ross Peterson and Mark Charter each week as they discuss life, current events, and the things you are not allowed to talk about at work. Okay, hang on, because here we go. This is Ross and Mark, Jump the Shark. Jump the Shark is sponsored by Charterhouse Real Estate. Charterhouse can help you save thousands when you sell, and we can help you buy your next home as well. Google Charterhouse to see hundreds of great reviews or learn more about us at charterhouseiowa.com. Now here is the show. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. <laughs> that makes me laugh every time. <laughs> every time we're starting with a trivia question right off the bat. By the way, we've got two people today. I'm Mark, of course. Uh, but we've got two people. Or as we call him. Yeah, so we'll get... Effing charter. Now, you can say it here. We'll, we'll put an explicit on this because I know we're going to talk about swingers because of your radio show this morning. But I'm here with two guys who can only be known by their nicknames. Johnny Burns is here. Say hi, Johnny Burns. Hi, everybody. How are we doing this afternoon? Otherwise known as uh, John Olson. Long, long, long time friend. And then, of course, we've got Pico the Deleter... Say hi, Pico. Now, this is not fair. It was your fault. You put me in a bad situation. I didn't know I was in a bad situation. I worked my way out of said situation, and then it was like, oh, Ross, look at the new guy screwing everything up. Isn't it up amazing how quickly everybody in the office? You can gain a reputation so quickly. Well, we were, we were going to change that reputation. We were by working one, with some documents. One person at a time, I'm going to tell them the story that this was actually a Mark screw up. That see, led I don't, to, I don't know see, the story of Pico. De oh, dude. Uh, so, so, so Ross, officially, <laughs> just, just before, before you try to out me, officially, <laughs> who did the deleting? I did the deleting. Exactly. Now you can continue. So, very important document here at Charter House was sent to me, okay? All of our email templates that we <laughs> use to email <laughs> stuff to people. Yeah, not, nothing uh, Mark <laughs> led me to believe that I had been sent a copy of this said document, okay? I did not know until after manipulating this to personalize it for me, like I was told to do by my new boss, that I actually was <laughs> editing the source document and had deleted all of these, uh, these templates for the entire office. Um, <laughs> And not only it deleted... K KK only, emails me or texts me. She's like, did you know Ross deleted all of the only, email yeah, templates? Yeah, John, not only did I delete all of the templates that I didn't is think I needed I in that moment. Is that why I haven't received anything yet? This is, well, you're, you're, also, you're not a licensed agent. Yet. I also went through and changed everywhere where it said Mark and Katie. I changed that to Ross. I changed where it just kind of said where it was blank, where you would put your customers. I put our client, my clients' names in there. So it was. I left every fingerprint I could possibly leave. That Just was like, right oh, on. Ross obviously went through here in the last couple of days with his new client and changed all this stuff and then saved it. Not only did I delete all the things, I, of course, saved it then. So now the master document is dwindled down to this one email template that's specific for me and my, my clients. Fortunately, we found a way through, through, oh, the, through those challenges. Well, but there's, there's only one way to go now. 
full, full own it. Just, just no, you delete just, everything. Yeah. <laughs> so this immediately <laughs> came to mind. You, you, you can just only go up from there. That's right. That's so, a good way to look at right, it. Right. Yeah, I've said, and this, right. I've always said expectations are the number one key to success. So if you can, if you can just lower people's expectations right away, then you're you're in good you're shape. Fine. That's why I tell. You're I good. told Mark this last week. That's why I tell people, man. I always get in fights with people. I always argue with people. And then when it doesn't happen for a long time, they're like, well, "Ross isn't nearly the jerk that I thought he was going to be." And then when we eventually do, or you know, kind of butt heads, and it's like, "Oh, this is that guy that he told me he was." See, I still haven't seen that part I know. And from you. Ideally, you never will, right? Well, I, I, then every day uh, I come in, people are like, "Oh, Ross is here." He's well, probably, here, here's, here's the day it, he's going to be in a bad mood, and then I'm great, and they're like, "Oh, see." Here's the thing, Ross. I consider you and I friends now. Okay, yeah. so Johnny's a long time friend. Yeah, we go back to little league when I used to strike his ass out, and he can he can't refute that part. Plate. He didn't strike me. Out. Bounce it off the plate. Uh, I was, was great. Notorious for these. I was a great pitcher. He threw a gravity he ball. He struck didn't out he? a lot of guys, but he hell would, yeah, he would, it would, hell would yeah. literally bounce off the plate all the time, and people yeah. kept swinging at him for some reason. I have no idea why. I don't remember you striking out. I explained the physics. No, I can tell you exactly why I struck a lot of people out. Which is ironic because you're a realtor now. It I is. was with McDowell. For, that's called foreshadowing. McDowell's insurance agency in Ames. I don't know if it's still there or not. We went seventeen and one and eighteen and zero in two years. We move, were pretty damn. Move bad. that mic a little bit closer. You guys with McDowell's. Did you have the big Mick? We don't have the Big Mac. We have the Big Mick. So I invented the Golden Ark. This is a true story, by the way, Ross. You're a huge baseball guy. I was the only one. So this would have been the age where we're 9, 10, 11, 12 Mm -hmm. in there. I was the only one in the entire league that threw a changeup. Now stay with me for a second, okay? Is that the one that bounced off the plate? So this is how I threw my changeup. A normal changeup is a fastball motion with the ball choked back in your hand, and it doesn't come as fast right? right it's a changeup. all i would do was kind of give the same wind up that i'd give them my fastball but i literally would just slow my arm down a ton so i'd throw fastball 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 at let's say at that age you're throwing 60 if okay? you're lucky right and then i would throw 45 and people would be so off balance so i was not throwing a true changeup. But I was making people look bad uh, because I was just fooling them. I know Brecky will know this saying. Yeah, you guys familiar with an EFIS pitch? Oh, yeah. It, it was not an EFIS. Okay. This was not 15 feet in the air. So I had, a friend that would, I had a friend that would drop an EFIS pitch. Josh Christensen was his name. And when we were 10, 11, 12, he kind of worked on this thing. Yeah. And it's, it's basically it's a pitch that comes out of your hand like a normal pitch, but it has the arc of a slow-pitch softball. Okay. I've seen and it's intentionally yeah. thrown right. away because, as you know, that's difficult to hit. It's also very difficult to throw for a strike, but that's yeah. not the point of it. The point of yeah. it is to get the guy yeah, to swing at it. Screw the guy. Do you remember yeah. Scotty yeah. T? Yeah. Scotty T threw kind of an Scotty Ephus. Thompson. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he threw a, a little bit of an Ephus. Teammates Ephes. in high school. So I, this was my trick because I was a really good pitcher in that ten eleven in that nine ten eleven age group. By twelve, I, I the, the I was a little bit too small. The gas was gone. Well, I did. I never had gas. What I had was trickery. Okay, mm-hmm. so my dad had taught me at a very young age I wasn't ever going to throw a curveball when I was until I was uh, you know grown up. So I only could throw two pitches, and that was a fastball and a changeup, where you basically stuffed the ball a little bit further back mm-hmm. into your hand. And that was the only thing you did. But if you stood on the mound at nine and shook off your catcher, yeah, you were golden. 
All you had, that's all you had to something, do. That's, something weird's ex- coming. That's all you had to do was stand on the mound and give a little nod, no, and then a nod, yes, and go into your windup. And the kid at the plate would be like, what in the hell? This guy has multiple pitches. And I, catchers, I would just tell the catcher, hey, man, I'm just going to nod out there. You don't even have to. Don't put anything down. I'm just going to try to throw strikes as best I can. I'm just going to talk to myself. I'm, and, Act and, like uh, I'm talking to you. Right, right. And, and even when I, I – sometimes I'd just start with a, yep, that pitch is good. Yeah. And I'd go into it, and I'd, yeah, fastball change up, fastball change up all day on him. And, my, and I threw the same pitch that Mark did, by the way, that gravity ball. Mm-hmm. Here was the key, John. You throw it so slow that gravity grabs onto it and pulls it down to the plate. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty easy. You know what's a good feeling is when someone swings the bat about two seconds before the ball has reached the plate. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good feeling for sure. By the way, do you ever do the reminiscing trips? Like where you played Little League? This was probably last summer. I was up in Ames with my family, and I took my children to the same fields. Brooks, uh, do they still have those? They're fields? still back there. Sweet. Those two fields. A lot of my, field. a lot of fields that I grew up on, uh, like Inis Grove, it's Inus gone. gone. So these two, ask, these two fields you. existed. So I took them out there. We ran the bases. I got to get on the mound that yeah. I was on when I was nine. Yeah, that's a cool feeling. When you talk about back there behind one of them, I think so. Nice. When you talk about multiple fields, does that mean you had home games and away games? No. There, there were, there were, there were, there were the, two fields in one they were part. On, they were based on leagues because so, you yeah. played in the south field. As you got a little older, like, the, uh, and the other one is River Valley. That field's gone. Is it gone? Yeah, that's gone. Southeast Polk Little League was like a throwback of Little Leagues, man. It wasn't anything like what I, I'd seen around Des Moines or have seen since. So it was little communities. It was Pleasant Hill, Mitchellville, Runnels. Four Mile had their own, because that's a little township down yep. there. Four Mile had their own Dude, teams. at that age, I would have creamed Delaware. if we were taking a road trip somewhere. So like, we, that's, we every kid, that's every kid's fantasy is like, but we're traveling? Guys, we're going on a road trip? We jump that was in. AAU and All-Stars, though. Beaverdale, for example. I know. Yeah. That one time a year we would do it, and then we had an AAU tournament in Beaverdale yeah. every year. I never thought about this. You guys are my age. Yeah. You guys had we an Asian kid, an Asian kid from Ames that was a pitcher and tall. Brad. Osmondson. Osmondson. That kid, I, I remember dude, a probably, game he probably at scared, He probably he scared the shit out of you, dude. Old, oh, he, he was a big kid, dude. He, he threw was, gas. And, yes, he did. We faced yeah. him we, and probably faced you guys at he four was, mile. He was dangerous. Uh, we would have been Southeast Polk Little League. I, I think we beat you guys that game, but he, that kid got on the mound Brad and made was people cry. He hit him. They'd start crying. He hit the other. He hit Lawler. Yeah. Back and he had yeah. Lawler had That's funny. I remember this. seams from the baseball right. in his back on his shoulder. Brad blade, was abnormally blade. large for the age. Yes, I remember that very specifically. And I was and, he, and being a hit, little guy, if I he didn't hit a home run once every game or two. It was kind of. Surprising. I think he hit a bomb yeah. on us uh, against us at that four mile. Uh, yeah. But so anyway, Pleasant Hill. Yeah, we had all these little communities. Every community had their own park, which consisted of a big field, a little field, and a concession stand. Mm-hmm. And. You would travel around. We'd meet up at Doan's Park in Pleasant Hill. We'd jump into the back of the coach's pickup truck, yep. and we would drive down the, to Runnels or to Four Mile. Yep. Or maybe if it was Mitchellville, we'd usually all drive separately because it was a long ways, and you had to take university to get out there, and that was a little dangerous. Yep. But, man, what an awesome time. Altoona was a place that we I drove. I drove by. was in Altoona probably two weeks ago and drove by a field that, in my mind, I'm like, I played here when I was probably 10 or 11. Yep. Like, just something about it looked familiar to me, and I remember... Was it a complex? Yeah. Then it, it was probably... It, it would have been an that, AAU or an all-star yeah. thing. Probably all-stars. But I, I remember that, and I remember it rained like hell. We had a rain delay. Like, the specifics that come back so to you. So wild, like, isn't it? Waiting it out in your car. People out there with, like, wet dry vacs trying to suck the water out from around the bases. Like, that's, that's my memory. 
Because they, they used to have one at DMAC, too, for all-star games that we would come down to and play. Yeah. Right over there. Yeah, and I do remember that. Just uh, Well, Iowa games. Iowa games Pixie played sticks. some ball there. Do you ever play in the Iowa games? Do you have a team that got in we that? Did ne- we never did Iowa we did, games. We did soccer in Iowa games. We yeah, I did baseball at least one we, year I, there. I remember very early on, uh, so 10, 11, 12, doing a thing that was called the All-Iowa team. Yeah. And I don't remember what the what that consisted of, or what, but it was basically me and a bunch of buddies from that were Eastsiders, a bunch of kids from Pleasant Hill. We had a kid like uh, Chris Knight from East High that would come out and play with us. And we, I just remember having jerseys that said Iowa on them, and that was like the greatest thing ever. We thought that was so cool. Nice. Big Leaguer, one uh, of my yeah. favorites was, the, was Beaverdale. I don't know if you played there, but yeah. it was the big tournament. Was that the one that kind of led to if you were going to go to the Little League World Series? That, You'd have to go through that? Yeah, yeah you guys would have been a part no, of that I think, district. I think that was All-Stars. A- that was A-U multiple was, games A-U a-, a- year. Because what's it, you have to be in Little League mm-hmm. and then be an All-Star, right? Yes. To get to the Little League World Series? Yes. So that's what it would have been. Yep. Beaverdale was AAU from my, my recollection. Oh, I, don't remember, really I remember going against the Beaverdale. Ross is the pro here. I don't know what it would have been. And then they actually got it stripped because they were using kids who were old. Older than what they should have. Oh been. man, we could have a whole conversation about that. That's Danny all, that's, Almonte, that's a whole thing about yeah. how little league baseball—it's the corruption of it. Oh, dude, they the know. Age. They know about this stuff. This stuff is reported. They knew Danny was fifteen. They absolutely so telling knew, me. They absolutely knew that Danny was older than he should have been. Think about how this plays out, Mark. I mean, just the, these kids because it go, it works the exact same way that you just described it. You play little league, and then you are selected mm-hmm. to the all star team, and then you play in that all star team against other. Like aged groups that are around you. Johnston, Urbandale have been doing that for a while. You know who these kids are. You know who the kids are that your kids have played against since they were 8, 9, 10, 11. A kid does not just pop onto the scene in in that. Even in a community like New York, out of Port... So it was reported. People were were calling into Little League. This happens today, guys. This happens today. Where a team cheats... They bring kids from outside of the district. They manipulate the paperwork because you've got to have school records. Right. You've got to have stuff that proves where you live. Yeah. Parents and coaches and league administrators lie to make their little league all-star team better. Mm-hmm. And then other communities will say, hey, wait a minute. There's, there's Something's fishy here because this kid played little league in our community. Or this kid lives in our community. Or this kid's older than the kids he's playing with. And they'll, they'll report it. But Little League Baseball doesn't want to have that black eye. They don't. So the only time you will hear about this stuff is in a Danny Almonte situation where the kid actually wins, and, the, and then it becomes something that be, is going to be a story. It's going to get out. Then they address it. Yeah. They know it's disgusting. Is the Little League 10 years ago? Oh, no. Almonte, Almonte actually was a Major League Baseball player or played in the Yankees organization for a period yeah. of time and now is retired and so is a baseball coach. Already? Yeah, that's how long ago that's that was. That's how long ago it was. Long long time is the Little League model kind of dying or dead in a way? It's and certainly I, and, dying. And the, and the point of this would be my son is nine, played Ankeny Little League last year, and talking to their parents, et cetera, that's kind of the age where it's like, I don't know if Little League is the way to go here because this is still the everyone plays, some people don't give a crap, they're sending their kids out because it's a babysitter, man. whatever. So now Seton is in the Triple USA, the AU, which means they're out of the league, which means the quality of the league across the board is worse now because a lot of these kids aren't doing it anymore. So is this true everywhere? That's the product we're getting at the Little League World Series? Okay. 
a lot of things at play here. You, it, you, and you just threw a wrinkle at the end of it that changes the whole conversation because a lot of kids do come back to the Little League model for that 11- and 12-year uh, seasons for that chance at playing in the Little League World Series. Mm-hmm. But everything else that you said there applies with uh, uh, at one area of discretion, and that is the people that are running the league. Each individual Little League is being affected in a different way, and I think from what I've seen, it's a direct reflection of who the people are and what they've done to protect their Little League model. The best example I have, I talk about this all the time, the guy's a friend of mine, his name's Jim Byers, but he became a friend of mine because of what he was doing. I grew up in Pleasant Hill. My dad, we lived across the street from the park. I'm making Norman Rockwell stuff. My dad was the president of the Little League. We spent every day in this park. And I love it. It, it, It's home for me. When you talk about going back, I I do that all the time. And I go and stand at second base. And I think about all those memories and the sunny days and all that. It's awesome. When I had Eli and uh, we got to the point where Eli was going to play baseball, his birthday falls on a weird date. Yesterday was his birthday, May 7th. Happy birthday, Eli. Happy He's birthday, here. Buddy. He's here. Happy birthday. Uh, with the way Little League works is a May 1st cutoff for birthdays. So Eli's a big kid. He's a big four-year-old, but he's only three according to Little League rules, which means he can't sign up for baseball. So yep. I'm going to have to wait my kid a full extra year because he's, he was born seven days late. And I'm, we're a baseball family. He's an athletic kid. I'm like, man, I really want to do this. So I called Pleasant Hill Little League. And I said, what are the, what's the legalities of me doing this? And he says, you can do it if you coach the team and you sign a waiver that says if your kid gets hurt, we, we're going to let him. Okay. Yeah. So we get out there and we find out they do t-ball completely different than anybody else in Des Moines. It's seven kids on a team. You play with a pitcher and a catcher every inning, and then you put the other four or five kids in the field, and they each have a designated area. A baseball play has to happen, okay, in order to record an out. So a third baseman can't pick the ball up and run the ball across the diamond to tag a base runner. Mm -hmm. He has to throw the ball to another player who has to catch the ball and touch the bag. That's fancy for that age. But, Mark, it's amazing because then the other thing that you do is you teach the kids to count the outs. They don't count runs. And, and it's, it's weird. It takes a little while to explain, but it turns out to be the exact same thing. The team that gets the most outs prevented the most runs. And if you're doing it right where everybody hits the same amount of players and has the same amount of outs possible, it works out. The team that makes the most outs is the team that wins the game. And you teach the kids at that age that the defense is a fun part of the game. That picking the ball up, throwing it to your friends, making those plays is where you get excited and you, yeah. you overcome, right? It's amazing. We then did that for a couple years. After a couple years of that, Eli is now in school, and he wants to go play with his friends and and have fun, not have me drive him 30 minutes across town so he can play where dad played. Doesn't know the kids. Yeah. So now we go to play with his buddies, and we go to a more traditional Little League. And that last year of T-ball, he's on a team with 15 kids. They're all in the de- they're all in the field at the same time. There's like four Jeez. coaches on the field with the kids. Yep. He's playing first one game. A ground ball gets hit to him. He picks it up and steps on first. Kid keeps running to first. Eli tags him. And the kid stands on first, and Eli says, hey, you're out. You're, out. you're supposed to go to the dugout. And the coach says, no, 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 buddy. Everybody gets to stay out here and run the bases in this league. Yeah, because, Ross, that kid's living his own truth. And, he's, and in his and, mind, he's safe. I don't know if Eli remembers right? this. He, he start, Eli started crying. You remember on this? the field, he started crying on the field, and I was like, "There's no crying in well, baseball." Like, like, dude, what's wrong? What's wrong? Yeah. You just made a great play. What's wrong? And he's and he looked at me and said, "I want to play at Pleasant Hill." 
<laughs> this, I don't want to do this. This well, isn't yeah, baseball. The kid's out. The kid's out. And, and so the point of all of that being like, it, it, there is a fine line there, Mark, but that traditional little league model is getting smoked because you've got kids that are way out of the skill range. And, and this gets into a cool conversation about what we screw up in baseball by throwing everybody out there together. After watching my son learn how to play hockey, I realized hockey's got it right, man. Hockey, you don't just get to sign up and be on a team in hockey. Yeah. Because that's not fair. For all the kids that know how to skate, know how to handle mm-hmm. a puck, know what the rules are, yeah. you can't throw a kid out there in the first practice and go, oh, yeah, help him put his pads on. It also would be harder in a game like hockey to skirt the rules. Like in baseball, no, no, he was safe. He gets to stay out here. What's the equivalent of that in hockey? Yeah, is you take you take offsides off the books yeah. for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, 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 something like that. But anyway, they make sure the kid knows how to skate. They make sure the kid knows how to put his equipment on. They make sure that the kid knows what the puck is and how to handle the stick. And then they show him some of the rules. And they do this learn-to-play thing that you have to literally graduate your way through yeah. before they will say, okay, now you can go play hockey. Baseball, all sports should do that exact same thing. Yeah. You should have almost a year where you do nothing but practice where you learn the fundamentals of fielding a ground ball, of turning and yeah. throwing and, and it's like hitting, a gap and, yeah, year catching or fly balls. Right. Because what happens is you throw those kids out there who mom and dad just want to use the coach as a babysitter. Yep. And that kid's all of a sudden playing second base and a ground ball gets hit to a third baseman. He's got a chance for a double play. He whips the ball across the diamond and you smoke a kid in the head. Or the kid, the, the kid, like, more more likely, the kid is either one not even close to second base, or two staring at the outfield. Yeah, yeah right. It, it, all of those are essentially the same thing where you're you're out of your class, and it's not. I don't want to deny that kid yeah. the chance to play baseball, but you're holding back the advanced kids by doing that. Yeah. And 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 by the way, and I'm smart enough. I've been around baseball long enough to know that the advanced kids at seven, eight, and nine are not the advanced kids at sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. It's almost always adverse. Yeah. So we leave those kids behind. Those kids that when we were young, the guy that played right field, you guys probably have a story like this. A dude that played right field for two innings and got one at bat, and then the next year he was decent. And the next year was pretty good. By the time you're in high school, he actually made the team. And by the time you're a senior, he's starting on the team. And that kid now is toast. He's left in the dust because you're taking those good kids at 7, 8, and 9. You're giving them all specialized coaching. You're giving them a year-round training. You can't catch athletic ability can barely catch up with that if it's exceptional. And so all of those kids that the Little League model fostered and, and taught and pulled out of whatever situation that they were in that wasn't healthy, that's that's in real jeopardy in most places because of USSA and parents that look around and see what we saw, Mark. The uh, as always, the intention of the show is to not talk little league baseball, know, but hence geez. hence this is this is jump the shark. This is what it is. By the way, before we even went down that road, I was saying that um, I consider you a good friend, but I don't like this whole like side of you that I haven't seen. I don't know if. If if we're good friends, it's a, it's, it's you know, and, it's and all, I, I've tried to tell you, this. and I say it's that because because Johnny's here and Johnny's a good friend. Johnny, you know, Johnny and I haven't like hit each other or anything, but we've had some moments where you know that's what I'm talking. About. We weren't like, we, just, we weren't in love with each other. No, yeah, that's that's part of you know. But Ross, I feel like I, I feel like you and I was just a love it. fest, you know. So like. We got to come up it's with some not, conflict, bud. You're not, you're not paying attention, man. I've brought conflict to your door a couple times here. Um, I must have a different idea you, of conflict. Well, I think that's there. We go. We're getting to the the bottom of the. Let's have it out, Dick. Let's do because it. Because I have 
challenged you on a lot of things that you, and again, I think it's just part of your personality. You don't even realize that it's somebody kind of questioning you or wondering, but that your thing about kind of painting with broad brushes and <laughs> every, everybody thinks the way that I think yes. type of thing. Yes. I don't I, see that at all. Now, I, you're, now, yeah, you're, now right, you're getting right, it. Right. Now, that is something, I, I look at that as not necessarily us fighting, but that was certainly times where I'm going, Mark, I mean, here in the office, I've said to you, dude, you're wrong about what this. you're telling me is that I think the dress is blue and black, and, and I told you you're wrong, yeah, and, and you didn't and, like hearing and that. I, no, I, it's not that I don't like hearing that. It's it, you continue to speak in with the. There's also Yanni, by the way, not <laughs> exactly. Laurel. And there's no wiggle room. Yeah, none. And that's the none, and, and that is the conversation that I love to have with you and to point out when you're doing that because I am a guy that all almost always believes in the gray. That it's somewhere in the middle. That yeah. the, the the truth is, in a weird way, truth is like relative, man. And it, it you you create your own. I know you're joking about that with, yeah. with people earlier, but we live in this world right now where that's kind of true. Like, it's weird how you get to create your own truth in a way. You know what's you funny? Can find an expert and a mob of uneducated to back up whatever belief. This, this won't surprise <laughs> Ross, this won't surprise you and I'm not saying this is you. You just said you live in the gray, but as I'm thinking about this, something that bothers me is I've had friends in text groups that do this, etc. The people that never are willing to take a stand or pick a side. It's always like I don't want anybody to be mad at me. I want everybody to like me. I'm, I'm never going to be passionate about any one thing. I'm never going to say this is the way it is. That bothers me because I'm the opposite of that. I'm like, no, this Mark, this is right. And it's not like, yeah. well, technically you could be right or wrong. It's just the the unwillingness to not even take that hmm. stand. We had a you, you see yeah, other perspectives pretty well, though. Try to, but it doesn't I think, mean I agree with them. That's, but that's yes. correct, because you're, you're pretty patient about things, and you see a lot of different perspectives, and a lot of things are able to roll off your back like, okay, whatever. I freak out about very that's little. That's a good thing, because a lot of people who see things in a black and white way don't see it as such. Yeah, that's a good point, And they that's get, a really, they good get point, really upset and really offended, and it's really difficult to make you offended in that sense. Offended because is not something. Offend, by the way, tell me if this is weird. And I think you're, well, hold on. you're I, like I, this. I, okay, go ahead. Offended I, is not in my vocabulary. There is yeah. nothing, there's nothing you can do or say to me that says, I, that, I, where I, my response will be that offends me. I, I won't go that far. I think that there are, there are things that make my stomach turn. And I, and I would, you know, if you were, if we were making jokes about and my kids in the room, so I don't want to, yeah, you know there are things that you could say, Mark, that I would go, dude. That makes that's that's gross. It's uncomfortable. Whatever that word is, yeah. But maybe it's uh, yeah. just maybe it's just the word. And I think that Mark you, offends. Yeah, there's a lot happening here, but I think it goes. Bring it home, I, baby. You and I had a conversation a long time ago that is this is hitting it on the nail or a nail on the head. There are only going to be a handful of people in your life that matter. In your entire life, from birth, from birth to grave, man, there are going to be a handful of people. And the, and the sooner you realize that, and you and I have had this talk, I think that's why you don't really care about if somebody, if you say black and somebody says white, it's water off your mm -hmm. back, like John was saying, because you understand that person's opinion does not matter for a hill of beans. It's going to be your parents, your kids, your wife. If you're lucky, a close friend or maybe a brother or sister. And maybe even you've got those things in your life and you're realizing now they don't, their opinions don't even matter. Like, 
If somebody walked up to you right now and said, man, I just think you're not a good person, what, what face would have to be behind those words for that to really matter to you? Because a lot of people go, oh, man, I'd hate to hear that. Would you? Because I promise you, if my kid told me that he thought I was a bad person, that I'd, I'd reassess some stuff. If my wife, if my mom or dad came to me and said, hey, you're screwing things up and you're not the human we were hoping you were going to be, <laughs> yeah. I'd stop might, and I'd go. That might sting a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right. That is stings the right word. It doesn't sting you, Mark, when somebody walks in here and goes, Charter, you're a jerk. It doesn't sting me when somebody walks up to me and says, Ross, I disagree. You know, I can't believe you had that take about how people shouldn't be buried, man. It's, it's so <laughs> offensive to me. I've had people say that to me. Like That'll hey, that, be in your obit, by the way. Be, I wanted to be your friend, and then you said this thing that really pissed me off, and now I can't be your friend anymore. Was, your, was the small take on that? It's, I don't want you to go down this rabbit hole. Like, it's a little bit elitist to think that we should be buried. Yeah, that's my, my take on it. Correct. Is like that, yeah. that ground is going to forever be yours. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Come on. Come on, that's silly. Yeah. I missed that point. It's a, we'll get to that another. We'll, <laughs> I get, that we'll get to that another time. But uh, that is something where a friend was, you know, have, friends have said like, "Man, I'm so disappointed that that was your take on that." It's like, damn, dude, what? Damn, so we we shouldn't. Uh, your my opinion shouldn't matter that much. Yeah, your opinion doesn't matter that much. So if you can just kind of come to that realization early on that only a handful of people from cradle to grave are going to matter to you. It will, you'll turn a lot more into Mark of water off your back. You know what's helpful is that um, we all, as we get older and older, we start to see some people that we know that, that pass away, like people that we went to school with or whatever. I've had several of those people. And, uh, yeah, I know, what you get, I know what you guys are looking at. Anyway, um, <laughs> I like just throwing stuff like that into these because I'm probably, what are they talking about? Um, <laughs> I think people would know. Yeah, but, but anyway... There's, uh, you, you hear, you hear somebody that, you know, maybe was once a friend, you're an acquaintance with whatever has passed away. And for me, you might have a, a moment, moment might last an hour. I don't know where you think about that person. You feel a little bit sad, but then you're on with your day, right? So that's an entire life that you knew someone and they're gone and it's only causing you a moment's pause, right? Before you're back into your routine and you've forgotten about it. Now, there's exceptions to that, which are your kids, your wife, yeah, right, your, right, et cetera, right? Right. But it's reminders that, like, the day that I die, there's going to be some people that are sad about it, but most be like, oh, that sucks. And well, then, okay, so why do I care? And life is as normal. Why do I care what those people, they're, they're not going to mourn me. They're not going to take a day off of work because they can't get their uh, honestly, shit together Mark, over it. And honestly, that shouldn't even be what any of us are hoping for. What we should hope for is that for a moment, people will remember. Yeah. And people will go, oh, man, I, that guy made me, he made me feel good. Yeah. That, that yeah guy, exactly. I, remember, I remember that guy, this made this thing a little easier. There's a buddy of mine who passed away a couple of weeks ago on April 19th, and he's from Boone. He passed away from cancer. And mm. same kind of thing, you know, a lot of, we were golf buddies. A lot of people miss playing golf with him, telling stories, that kind of thing. And, I, you know, the, the one thing that stood out to me was I just miss spending time with him. Yeah. Because he was so genuine. He was so kind. And... I never really had that chance to say bye to him. I knew he was ill, but it came on quick, and, and it went fast as well because um, he found out back in November, and then April he's gone, you know, one of those kind of things. Um, Man. But, yeah, there, there's different levels of friendship. There's no doubt about it, you know. He wasn't a really, really, really close friend, but he was a damn good friend. We were on committees together. Um, we'd text once a month at least, yeah. um, that kind of stuff, you know. 
we're not as close as you, you know you and I are in that sense. If 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 something happened to you and you were gone, that that'd be pretty detrimental in my life. Um, but yeah, I've known you for thirty years. I've known Kate for thirty five. You know, mm-hmm. there's not many people who I'm still really, really good friends with. I'd say there's maybe Gosh. a dozen tops. Mark in died. That sense. Mark died. Who'd be my sugar daddy? Oof. It's a, it's a lot of people asking. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> what, what are we going to do from here? <laughs> what do we do, Scoob? Anyway, different topic. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I don't even, you, you, man, this show sucks, dude. We, we just get off so many this so it. sucks. I love this. So this is what I love. So, I, so I do. I do want to. We we were going to talk about Joey Votto, a player, but we had, oh we just gosh. did a lot, we just did a lot of baseball. So let me let me ask you the t- the topic of your show this morning. Oh, okay. I'm on, I'm on yeah. social media. <laughs> okay. And I um, start seeing uh, tweets from Sean and others talking about your show this morning. Apparently, it was all about swingers. Like somebody said, the whole two hours. Was about swingers. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but hey, I thought to myself, is there more of a perfect genre to talk about this than this show? <laughs> right I, now, I, I don't think so. So let's do it. I need I needed to hear what the takes were and how this all came about. I think the guy's name is Earl Wilson, safety for the Ravens. You guys, uh, Earl, Earl Thomas. Thomas, Earl Thomas, Thomas guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's going to say Thomas. Watson. He's a basketball player. Um, yeah, I don't know where that came. From. Earl Thomas. We talked about him all morning today, and I can't remember his name. Earl Thomas has a crazy story that TMZ actually reported. His wife discovered on Snapchat that he was having yeah. an affair. And so you go somewhere else. <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, uh, she calls up a couple friends and she's like, girls, get the posse. We're going to find Earl because he's cheating on me. Like, oh, and he, and she's and got she a couple friends. Stuff. She, she, and she's got some friends that rallied up for. They're like, let's go. Okay. Talking they about get, good friends. Here we get, go. They get a gun that doesn't have a clip in it. And they, they claim they're just going to use it to threaten him. They get a knife. They find out where he's at by using his Snapchat. It's at an Airbnb. They drive to the Airbnb. They kick in the door of the Airbnb. They rush into the bedroom where they find Earl Thomas. With not one woman, but two, and his brother. So they are, and then the and then the chaos apparently goes ensues. I don't know if the Airbnb had security cameras inside of it, but they have like security footage of her holding the gun to his head, and they claim in the video she has her finger on the trigger, and they can see in the video that the safety is disengaged, according to the TMZ story. Okay. Uh, and th- despite the th- uh, fact there wasn't a clip in the gun, there was a round in the chamber which could have killed him. Killed him. So, sure. it, it's that story, telling just the details of that, sparked all sorts of conversations with Travis this morning on the Morning Rush. The first one was like, okay, you've got a brother. I've got a brother. Mark, you have a brother. You have a brother? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but is this, some, is this a situation you could ever find yourself in? Hell no. Hell no. Like, not even close. Never, never. Now, my my brother-in-law, my my brother and I are four years apart. My brother's nine years older than I am. So there's no way, right? Like, that's not... He's 50. Your brother is 50? That's scary. Your brother looks pretty good for 50, dude. He does look good for 50. For a 50-year-old accountant. Yeah, he's doing pretty good, man. Damn, 50 years old. I wouldn't have guessed it. I I would have thought he was two or three years older than us. Nope. Um, So anyway... Brad and I, being four years apart, maybe that's a part of it. I don't know a pair of brothers that would, and I know a lot of brothers. I know a lot, and I don't mean black guys. I know a lot of those too. I know a lot of brothers that the answer to this is hell no. No way. Hell no. 
They're not putting their uh, pens in the yeah, same inkwell. And not even pens in the same inkwell. Like, you just, you write in your own room. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you can tell, you can read your story <laughs> to me later, uh-huh. but you, uh, you, you use your, you use your pen in the other room, man. Okay. Um, so it started a conversation about that. It started a conversation eventually about the swinging lifestyle, um, which started a really fun conversation because, Travis had a few questions that I didn't have. And we, and, 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 of course. And actually, Mark, I did bring you up this morning in that same th- vein that I mentioned earlier, where Travis always, I said, Travis, you're just people like... people think like he Yes, does. you're just like Charter, man. You do this thing where you say stuff and you go, well, I'm just saying the thing that everybody else is thinking. You're saying the thing that you're thinking. This is 100% true, by the and way. And you're saying a thing that a lot of people might be thinking, but not everybody. And that's why it's so shocking to Maybe we should change the statement to the majority. Yeah, it's fun to say it, though, because it, it, kind, of, it kind of lends to that hubris of, of everybody thinks this. I, I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is I'm not filthy because yeah, everyone's Mark, thinking it. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's a self-comforting mechanism sure. to right. say, I'm not, I'm not strange. Everybody's like, like I, I'll tell you from personal experience, I find it shocking if I make a statement like that and someone says, I wasn't thinking that. I'm like, what? Yeah. You had to have been thinking that. I'm like, nope. Because you're looking nope. at a guy. I, I saw Thomas come out and say something along the lines. It's nobody's business. Yeah. And is it? No, it's, it's none of, it's nobody's business. But it's something that's every uh, everybody's going to have an opinion on. It's sensational. It's and sensational. Well, I mean, what? what fortunately, you're a personality. Supposedly, his wife. I don't know if this is true either, and it is none of our business. But she had an assault charge on her last month, I guess. So maybe this caused that to go along. Who, who the hell? I, th- I think it's John. You know? That's an important. The point brother in all this, element that, makes the story. And, 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 it's the and brother this, element. I have no. Yeah, I have no brother, judgment. There's no doubt about it. That's I, a weird thing. Yeah, I have no judgment about the guy doing what he did because you're right we all know man we've had this conversation relationships are impossible and we have no idea what you had has a good happened. you had a good analogy the other day by the way what was that you were talking about relationships and how like especially when you're married like you're using the train track analogy oh yeah yeah which you were saying that like so, yeah, you, your wife and you were on the set of tracks and they're close together and then you kind of leave for the day and go out into the world and your track goes off to the right, hers goes off to the left, and then at the end of the night, they're supposed to come right back together where they were before. And meet seamlessly and Meet seamlessly, on. et cetera. But now you've got a whole day's worth of experiences, conversations, events, whatever, and you're not together, and yet you're supposed to and be. And even if you were together, you're experiencing the world through the, Different. Yon, through the Yanni Laurel yep. blue dress, gold dress spectrum where we're all seeing the same stuff and processing it differently. Yes. So it's, they're impossible. Like they're just a miracle that they work. And, so, and, and they don't, quite frankly. I don't know anybody who's like, man, I've got a perfect relationship. We've never had an issue, never had an argument. I've never stepped out. She's never stepped out. I think there's lots of dysfunction in relationships, but it's, can you handle the dysfunction? That's exactly right, Can you right, manage Mark. it? It's all a different... Yeah, yeah. Are we managing... Is it a dysfunction you can manage? It's a perfect way to, to say yeah. it. So, okay. So, swingers... Go, so, yeah. Don't judge Earl Thomas. It started a fun conversation about the... No, it's... it's, it's yeah. What were they thinking? It, so, it started this conversation about the lifestyle and yes. what that is and how you get into that and... And, you know, Travis, of course, his thing was like, well, it's always the guy's idea because, you know, this is every guy's fantasy. So all this is is a guy. I disagree with that right and, away. And right I away. disagree with tra- we, Travis. So I, I said on the air, I'm like, Travis, if you want these answers, we could do this today because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people listening to this show that are part of this lifestyle. He's like, you're kidding. I said, I, I, I know it. So we'll do an uh, anonymous 
phone lines. Yeah. Call in as John, and you can share your stories with us. And you should go back and listen to it. It's in, it, we take five or six phone calls from guys that tell us stories about, you know, the you lifestyle. Had conversations this morning. This morning, and I'm, so I show, so yeah. I've been invited to a swingers party before. Um, via a Facebook invite. I saw the invite that list. That is wild. I saw the invite list. Um, no one no one was on it that I recognize because that's what you look for when you get a list like that. Um, I did not go, for the record. I told my wife I had been quote-unquote invited by someone that's in the lifestyle. They're like, you should come check it out. They told me, I think I think the terms vanilla, at least for that one, was you're, you're, you'd be a vanilla, which is like, you're not in the lifestyle. You're just checking it out. You're just there to watch, basically. Um, and then uh, it's it's interesting because we don't know. I was told I was told by this person, um, someone else that's in the same industry that I'm in. Oh, that person's a swinger. They go to these parties. I'm like, huh, huh. the stuff that you learn. Very very interesting. So now I know there's an agent out there that's into it. Not you, gonna you've heard. ever say their name. Well, yes, you've heard. Yeah. Well, this person's witnessed them at the parties. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, so yeah, it, it the, certainly exists. And the, the conversation that I found at least the, the most fun was, uh, these indicators that exist in our society that are everywhere that th- this becomes a running joke, by the way. And so I brought up, remember our Christmas party here Yeah. at Charterhouse, somebody brought, because you do, we did kind of a white elephant, yeah. whatever you'd call that, where everybody kind of brought us a, a, a silly gift. And then I found out soon that I, the idea of silly gifts here at Charter House is like serious gifts at my family Christmas. Like, oh, you had twenty five dollars in lottery tickets. Ha ha ha! That's funny. That's a really good gift, and good luck winning thousands of dollars. Yep, got a chance. Uh, but one of the things was this weird uh, uh, porch ornament. Is the only way I would describe it. We couldn't tell if it oh, was, it was a, it was a, it was a, KK gave a Halloween. Yeah, it was, we, it looked like, kind of like a pumpkin. Tell, yeah. We couldn't tell if it was a pumpkin or a pineapple by the way <laughs> it was shaped. Cause it's just one of these weird porch yeah. things. And that started the conversation about how pineapples are an indicator of the swinger lifestyle. Now listen, dude. And then we took so, so I, you, I like you put a pineapple outside. There's all so, sorts so of little sticking, things about so, pineapple. So sticking with this pi- pi- pineapple, s- certainly one. Um, I've also heard large boulders in your yard. Yes. I've heard brooms. Yes, brooms. Things that you. Th- but here's the problem. These are things that just any normal person mm-hmm. anywhere other than a pineapple a might have outside in their house. Yep. And someone's driving by thinking, well, they're clearly swingers. I'm like, no, they just have land boulders or something yep. in their yard. It, it means absolutely nothing. So I'll throw a few more into there for okay. you just so, so you can to, to accentuate the argument here because pink lawn ornaments. Like flamingos? Is, and my neighbor, our neighbor Chuck has a flamingo in his front yard. Okay. That ain't happening. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the uh, the other one was white boulders. Not just not just, it was like there was a thing about three rocks by the driveway. Yeah, and then another one about white boulders in the yard. <laughs> yeah, the pineapple one was the most fascinating. And I think I almost mark now that you you've kind of laid something out there that I think may play a part of this. All of those other things could are naturally occurring. You could very easily yeah. have a broom on the doorstep or. A, a white boulder or... Now, we're allowed to talk about this on this podcast. Pineapple makes sense. Are you aware, I'm, I'm of, actually, why, are you aware of why pineapple makes sense, I'm Ross? Go, I'm Googling this right now, and there's a pineapple on a door right here. Yes. I said I Googled symbols for swinging. Yep. 
There's a, there's a pineapple. But you're not, you're not aware like, of the pineapple, pineapple reference. Board. It wasn't explained to you. And I even asked on the air this morning, like, Here's there's got to be. There's a gnome in a garden. There's got, gnome, <laughs> gnomes was another one I read that, that, that we heard about this morning. I don't think we talked about that on the air. I, I feel like I'm giving a tip that our users could, could learn from and take with them tonight and in the subsequent days. Pineapple, if you're going to have a, a fun evening with your lady friend. Pampas court. Is it Pampas and your lady swinging? Uh, and your lady friend is going to sing into your microphone. Okay. If you eat pineapple, okay, the stuff that will come out of the microphone oh will God. taste sweeter. <laughs> that is where pineapple comes Mark. from. That's what they say about pineapple. John's not. A, John's just smiling because he knows He's I'm right. Ass up. <laughs> Over I there. have no idea if you're right or wrong, man. Okay, <laughs> but you but you know that people say this, John. You know that people say this about pineapple. Like if you drink chocolate milk. There you go. And I, by the way, I no I'm idea. just saying that's where pineapple comes from. Can I just tell you, as a as a dad, I appreciate you censoring yourself while he was coming through the room there. Thank you very much. There you go. It was very nice. There you go. You. So that's yeah. the, the the boulders make no sense to me. That's, the brooms make no sense. But the pineapple does make sense because that would be something that you would. It, you don't move into a house that's got a pineapple on the door and keep the pineapple on the door. Correct. You don't, there aren't pineapple trees growing in central. Correct. Like, so that would be something that you would specifically place and display. Yeah. So that one doesn't make the most sense. But there were several weird things about this. Like for one of the one of the ladies called in or a guy called in and said something about a pineapple in a grocery cart. Okay. That when you are shopping, if you are into this lifestyle, one of the things that you do to indicate to people around you that you are, are into a member of this lifestyle, okay. when you buy a pineapple, you put it in your grocery cart upside down. Now, I, I mean, how would people know this, though? It, that's like, what it says. It says, what does upside down pineapple mean? Apparently, <laughs> this is crazy, isn't it? Apparently, if you're in the grocery store and you put a pineapple upside down in your shopping cart, it means you are into extracurricular activities outside of marriage. Not only that... But if you put a pineapple on your front porch like a jack-o'-lantern, you're just talking about okay. jack-o'-lantern. Okay. I just helped my mom and dad plant jack-o'-lanterns last week. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. We're learning no, stuff anyway, today. 71 and 73. It means that you're into such activities at your place. See? There's all now, here's what my mind's thinking, Ross. Now, I, know, I know what you think. Okay, Ross, I'm going to send you over to Hy-Vee. We're going to put a pineapple in your cart. We're going to put it upside down, and you're going to go up and down the aisle for eight hours, and we're going to see what happens. And you're going to be thinking because of you and how you process your own looks and everything. You're like, no one's going to come up to me and say anything about this. And I view the world a little differently, but I also would have the same answer as you. I'm going to go to Hy-Vee, and I'm going to do this. Nothing's happening. No one's going to come up and be like, oh, hey, what's your name? Saw that pineapple. Nice pineapple. In the cart. Like, that just sounds like such bullshit to me. It's, it's hard to believe. Because for that to be true, someone else has got to be shopping at the store. They got to be paying attention to your cart and how the pineapple is placed within the but cart. Mark, Mark you, Wouldn't we, just going to a okay. swinging website be a little easier? <laughs> I had... I don't remember this guy's name. You and I, I think, talked about the wide stance. There's a 1. hell of 2. a lot of codes in here for different things regarding swinging. You, it's nuts. So this it, reminds me of a rainbow right. party. It's things you hear about and nobody does. There was a, a guy within swinging. There was a guy that was like a U.S. representative. Maybe he was even a senator. I think he was. I think he was a member of the House of Representatives. Yeah. And he got arrested in the Minneapolis St. Paul area. Oh, I know where you're going tap. with this. I, I remember this. The wide stance. Yeah. I thought it was a tap. It's a wide. So I have a wide stance. That's what his. That's what his his claim was, right? Yes. So the 
For those of you that don't know what happened, this dude, whoever he was, got arrested in a sex sting operation inside the Minneapolis-St. Paul airport in a bathroom. Mm -hmm. And they claimed that he was requesting favors from one stall to another. And and they had this entire sting operation set up, and they realized that one of the ways that guys were kind of passing this code to find out, are you... Are you a part of the team or not? Yeah. Was kind of like you'd sit down in the stall and you'd do a wide stance and you'd kind of like tap your foot underneath, underneath the, the stall underneath wall. Underneath the stall towards your neighbor. Which would be a very unnatural thing to do if you were just taking but a crap. Mark, but my point with your, like when you're saying, you know, nobody creative, does this. There's no doubt about how does it. That, how does that, how does that circulate within a community? Like, okay, guys, the new knock is, the new code is pineapple. How does that even circulate? Yeah, who's, so who's making these rules? And, and how I, does it get I only say that because I do believe that th- this stuff happens. I know it does because the wide stance, tap your foot. Well, thing no, hundred hundred percent. There's so, zero question this stuff happens. So how it gets out? I and doubt who the knows upside down it. pineapple in the grocery store, though. I don't think that's the preferred method. I don't. I think, don't. Th- I'm not saying preferred method, but I, it I, it seems like it's a method to just put that out into the world like Lapis grass like you know you're and always telling me mark you're telling me all the time tell everybody in the rock. world that you're a realtor tell well, everybody sure. tell everybody you know because you never know what opportunities are out there that's true it doesn't this apply so every time you go to the store you got the upside down pineapple just in case you know that's like telling the world all the time i would think like th- think about this how many people have pink or purple decorations in a garden flowers for example that's one of the things was pink decorations in your yard. I would think a lot of people would have that. There's a shitload of people yeah. who have pink or Dude, purple the, flowers the garden in their yard. Gnome. So here's but the question, Ross. Okay, so you... gnomes are incredibly popular. Oh, so yeah. you're, you're into it. You're into the lifestyle, hypothetically. And, and you go to the neighborhood and a uh, guy across the street has got on his uh, deck railing, has got four pineapples out there. Hey, like, okay, it's on. it's on. It's on now. So, so now the question is, okay, you've got that information. Now what? Because you're gonna have so to, you're gonna have to walk across the street, knock on the door, and broach the subject. Here's how I think. You, I would imagine it's something as simple as, um, you know, I see my neighbors outside all the time. I always yell at them, "Hey, Mike, how you doing? What's up, Chuck? Good to see you guys." Mike, saw the pineapple, man. Pretty cool. And then if the guy goes, "Oh." Oh, you, you like the pineapple? Nice pineapple, dude. Does your wife right like on. the pineapple too, Ross? I mean, Mark, I see this stuff happening. I could absolutely see that. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you yeah, the direct we, uh, question. We just took the broom off the porch last week. So, so what had were the, the, had the white boulders just start yeah, flowing? Had the white there boulders moved to the backyard? What were the highlights uh, of the conversation today? What did you hear that you oh, found surprising man. or shocking? Okay, the a guy called in because, like I said, Travis mentioned early on that it, he, it would almost always be the guy's idea. And a guy called in under the name John. And it said former Lovely. swinger on, okay. the, on the call screener. And he hung up before we got him on the air. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I really wanted to talk to that guy because we were talking like six Johns. Yep. I love how my name is John here and we're yeah, talking about right? this guy's name John. It's a pseudonym. Him. That's fine. So John calls back and it's former swinger. And so we're like, hey, what's up, man? Good to talk to you. And Travis like, all right, so let's go through it. Like, how did it start? And he goes, honestly, because Travis's thing was he's a, he's a former swinger because he's divorced. That's the only reason you're a former swinger, and that's the only way that this ever ends. So he was working on all of these false premises that he was just certain about. One, it's always the guy's idea. Two, it will always end in divorce. Um, and and but the guy called in, and he says, no, it's the exact opposite. We were kind of stale in our marriage. My wife decided that this was something that she wanted to do to spice things up. We did. 
We did it for a period of time. We kind of got burned out with it. We drifted apart. We stayed married. Our relationship is better and stronger than it ever has been in our life. And we don't do that anymore. And Travis is like, well, how did it end? And he said, well, it ended pretty badly with a lot of jealousy and ugliness. Yeah. And, um, and I think there was one more probing question. And, and the guy's parting line was, I think it was the same guy. His parting line was, let's just say in that community, you have to perform to be a part of it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that no. was kind of where it was left. And Sean made some joke about how Travis would not be able to be a part of <laughs> Don't it. Don't you think in that in that lifestyle, so who starts it? I think it could equally be men and women. That's my opinion on that. Why do people do it? The stainless of the marriage was, was mentioned, right? That makes complete sense, especially someone that's been married a long time. And you start to see that. But a lot of times, I think obviously a marriage is supposed to be monogamous. You've got somebody that, doesn't want to be monogamous. They miss doing either certain things that their spouse doesn't want to do with them or anything, right? Some marriages are sexless marriages. You hear about that. But they don't want to cheat. They don't want to cheat. So the way to, to fix that would be to get permission to do it. And sometimes swinging doesn't mean that both people would be doing it at the same time. Yeah, guy mentioned that. The, Just uh, means one person's going to this party to do it, but uh, with permission of yeah, the with spouse. permission from the spouse. We had talked about that documentary too, Voyeur. Yeah, Voyeur. That guy's name. That's, yep. what, that's what that's called when you are a viewer of... You just watch. Yeah, and they yeah. have those in that world. That's guy called. guy said that. guy said that that's... This morning you called in and said, hey, I just watched that with my wife. No. Is that what you're saying? No, it's not what I said. No, no, didn't say that. <laughs> Is that it, this what guy you're called, saying there? No, 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 no. A guy called in and said that is something that is that you don't have to go to work. these parties and partake. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. that he just goes in and watches somebody do that with his wife? Oh, this documentary that we're talking about? No, oh, I think what you're saying is no. He's watching two other people have sex, not even his own wife. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's just watching. Yeah. So what is that's your? So what's your like, Ross? You're not shy to to, no, to give I your could, take. No way, oh, no Ross. Way. You're not shy to give your take. What's your take on the entire thing? The whole principle of it, the act of it, the parties, like what is, what is your takeaway? Okay. First of all, I've never experienced anything like this, so I'm definitely out of pocket, right? I I have no idea. I don't know what the effects of it are and all that. Um, I do believe in that, that allegory that you and I have also talked about, Mark, that sex is like if you were to take a, a, a strip of duct tape and put it on your arm, any guy, any, ga- any gal, think about this, and you put that on your arm, man, it sticks. There's a lot of adhesive material there. There's a chemical reaction happening between your skin and that piece of tape. And then if you take that piece of tape and you rip it off, it hurts. It causes real pain to you. If you take that same piece of duct tape and then you try to reapply it to that same arm, it's going to have less chemical reaction, less adhesiveness, and when you rip it off, it's going to hurt less. And eventually, if you do this over and over and over again, there will be no attractiveness. There will be no connection. And the pain will be gone. There will be no pain when you rip that off. I think that that is the great allegory for multiple partners in sex. When you love somebody, and you, when you we're all remember that feeling of being a kid, and you, this person, man, oh, my whole life is this person. And then it leads into that magical moment where you, you, you do that deed 
And then now you're remembering how that relationship ended and the pain that came with that and how awful it was. And then you found another lover and that ended and another lover and another lover and another lover. I am so fortunate in the fact that my train ended pretty quickly there. I, I didn't do that pain thing. I didn't like it. So I found one that I wasn't going to let be painful anymore and I held on to it. I think that, that, that you're not realizing the long-term effects. I do, again, I don't know this, but I think you're not realizing the long-term effects of what you're doing to your relationship when you do this because there is, like, I am so happy right now with my wife. I love her to death. I, I love her. I couldn't imagine life without her, and we've been through some unspeakable stupid stuff. Um, and if you don't, it, it, we wouldn't probably, we wouldn't be where we are right now if we hadn't gone through that stuff. I wish we had never gone through that stuff. I'm not, I wouldn't do it again. But I think not having ripped that tape off has helped me. And it makes it that, that I still have that attractiveness. I still got all of that stuff. And I don't, again, don't know that it falls away. This guy that called in this morning seemed like his, his relationship with his wife is fantastic right now. And their ups and downs were a lot worse than what I think I've been through. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's it, man. Like, I've had friends that have dabbled in the idea of this lifestyle, okay? And the, the line that I've always said to them is, man, write for me this chapter that starts with this story and ends happy. Yeah. How, can, how, does, this, how does this story end? Because I don't, I, don't, I don't see how. Now, this guy did call in today. This John called in and said, hey, it ended happy for me. It was rough. It sucked. We almost fell apart. We drifted apart for a long time. But now, right now, yeah. we're, that, our train track is closer than it's ever been. I think it's a, it, it's, a, it's a mixed bag. And here's like, I'll just use general friends as an example. Okay, No one's specific. General friends. So if you're married and then you have friends that... Uh, get divorced and get a, at, at your age, get to go back into the single life, right? Yeah. And what does that mean today? That means Tinder. That means hookup apps. That means it's easy to go have sex with people. So you're, you're witnessing how easy it is to go get laid if you want to. So that part of it is like, oh man, you know, I got to be with one person and they get to go be with 10 over the next month if they want to. So that part for a male, specifically, females can speak for themselves, can be very, very appealing. But where it's a mixed bag is, I think most of those people, even though that's enjoyable in the moments, would ultimately tell you, I'd rather be in a relationship. Yeah. So it's like, grass is greener, maybe? I don't know. Is that how you would describe it, Johnny? I don't know. I'm speaking for myself. But I can see how both people on both sides are looking at the other side saying, I would rather be doing that mm-hmm. yeah I th- mark you're probably right the grass is always greener i mean john you're the yeah, you've, I mean, you've I, been I, in both I, situations I, yeah, I, have. I mean I, I was divorced recently it sucks it's I, i'd never want to go through that again um it was by far the most excruciating pain i've ever been through emotionally mentally physically all that stuff um coming back to you, you have amazing metaphors when you're talking about life and how you go about things ross it's interesting because they're very relatable in that sense um I mean, I'm, I'm not dating anybody right now. I don't want to date anybody right now. Um, I have options of where I could get on those apps and go out and do things along those lines. That doesn't appeal to me at all. Um, do I miss the relationships of sorts? Yeah, 
there are moments you definitely do. There's no doubt about that. Um, are there moments where I appreciate being single, where I can go do whatever the hell I want to do? Absolutely. I, I am completely free to do whatever it is that I want to do. And in marriage, you have to have enough respect for the other person where they need to know where you're at, what you're doing, who you're with. And that's a respect thing. That's a love thing. And that's completely understandable. Um, there are parts about that I miss. There's no doubt. Um, there's, there's, I'm sure there's things within your marriage, guys, that you wish were different. But there are things that you cherish and love and absolutely honor to the day you die. And you're proud of those things. That's why you marry the women you have. Um, you know, I've, like I said, I've known Kate for 35 years or so. I've never met your wife, I don't think yet. Um, I just wish my wife wanted to have sex less. I mean, <laughs> and I'm sure she loves hearing that. That's, that's, my, that's my biggest problem, fellas. But, yeah. I, I mean, that's, in, in the world we live in, I mean, it's, there's a lot of accessibility for a lot of different things. Yeah. And it's crazy. Um, 20, 30 years ago, if I was 40 years old, I just turned 40 the other day, there was nothing like that. There's no yeah, doubt, no you kidding. know, I mean, there, huh. I, you wonder how many married guys are on an app like Tinder or what are the other ones? There's probably an Bumble app. or whatever. There's and again, we won't, we won't, we won't name, name names, but Ross and I know somebody that's at that stage of their life and, and using those, oh, those yeah, apps yeah. and they're able to meet somebody and within two hours of meeting them for the very yeah, first time, they're having sex. For God's sake. That's you incredible know? to me. Like that, that it's, just is it's, yeah. Remarkable, man. I mean, you talk about no relationship. I mean, yeah, th that's it. That's There's none. Again, man, you, you, both of those, I think, both of those human beings are to the point where the tape has lost all its adhesiveness. Yeah. It's just nothing anymore. It's, 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 just, it's, it's, a, uh, it's something to do, literally. Yeah. It's just something to do. It's a cure for boredom, Ross. Man. That's what it is. I'm was, bored. You're I bored. Was, We're not doing anything. So. I was bored a lot as a teenager. How come nobody? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, you know, it's funny, Mark, when you said you were talking about you bet married guys, I wonder if there's even like an app for that. What do you mean? I, I wonder if there is an app for like I am married and want to step out. AshleyMadison.com. Ashley oh, oh, <laughs> there you go. It's, it's a world famous <laughs> that's website, that's Ross. Website. Yeah. I've heard of life it. Yeah. Life is short. Have an affair. I have heard of it. Is that their motto? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. And, I, and yeah. I think what you said is they put it on it billboards where, and all sorts of places. People just get bored. It's incredible. You know, yeah. and it, whether. I mean, when I get bored, I'll go okay, to my, a restaurant. I'll go to golf just heard balls. I just that or last gym, something like, like that. But yeah, that's a whole. Another, he's a man now. It's okay. Thing. What's that? Eli heard the conversation. Oh, Ashley God. Madison conversation. The look on his face. He's like, "What in the what's hell Ashley are you Madison? doing?" Dad? Don't you remember when people freak out because there was like an Ashley Madison data breach? You know, like a lot of these companies have. Didn't that happen like five. People were wigging out that they're. You that know, was the first time ever. No, they were part of the part of the website, etc. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I mean, yeah. Breach. Oh shit! The what? Damn it! What it's, was it? What, Equifax breach or what was oh, it? Oh yeah, the credit union. Uh, yeah. Oh, they all have Experian them. or Target. Experian. Like everybody has these data breaches now. So at the end of the day, I guess it's part of the world that yeah, we it's live the in. Life we're in. So that yeah, that's that's interesting, Ross. So what what's the um. It's one of those lifestyles, though, where you can't say that's – well, you can. You can say whatever you want. That's weird. That's abnormal. That's whatever. But everyone's on their own journey. I do wonder how abnormal it is. You know, it's one of those things that's certainly a faux pas. You can't bring it up. Or not – is faux pas the right word? It's a – it's kind of a cultural no-no. So It is, I think it is I, but it's talked about. 
it publicly. Yeah. Let me give you one example, right? There's a there's a TV ad for Sling, the uh, the, yeah, the, TV the TV thing, service. right? It's Ron Swanson's in it and his <laughs> wife, right? It's hilarious. And they're like, we're slingers. It's hilarious. Oh. And it's a take on swinging. I had, I, I, you know, I know what you're talking about, and I yeah, it's all about swinging. It's hilarious. It's Except they're saying heard that commercial. They're saying slinging. It. Yeah. it's like the. Uh, the, the when you have fun, like I just, I just, I just shipped my pants. You know, remember that yeah, one for Kmart? Yeah, I, I shipped my pants. Yeah, I <laughs> ship my pants every day. <laughs> kind of a thing. Like you can have some fun with the language there. Um, so I do. There is a part of me, Mark, that wishes it were less of a cultural stigma, and then people could be open about it. Just for the simple fact that I'm curious as to who of my friends and who that I know that's been a part of this, and I would love because I'm obviously ignorant about it and naive. And I'd love to be able to talk to them and say, how did it affect your relationship? Because it, it could very well be that people go, dude, it was the greatest thing we ever did. Saved my marriage. Da, da, da. We met new friends. Whatever. I don't even know. But it could be. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think love is so personal. I think sex is so personal. And that's why people are very cautious as far as who they're going to share those things with, possibly. I don't know. Well, n- but, not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> not with not with the tender stuff that but, yeah, you got, we you see. Got, and, and your pineapples now. These and are we're all we're learning today. And we all know? have different. But, you know, we all process all that stuff differently too. Maybe it's just uh, maybe it's it's that simple that it's like uh, they don't even you don't even see it as love. You know, you don't see yeah. it as as sex in just some like, way. Just it's like in college just, where like, you're going out and going to find somebody for to hook and up. Like and like you go. said, it's just something to do. Like you know. I like to go to El Bait Shop and have a beer. Well, I like to go to my neighbor's house and put my penis inside of her. <laughs> like, I guess it gets to each his own, you know? I, I don't know. I don't know. Basically the same things. <laughs> right. Come have a beer. I'm going to come over and have a beer in your wife tonight. What do you think about that, Ross? I don't like that idea at all. I, I think it's... Like we've talked about this before, Ross. There's people that... Uh, all sorts of different people in the in the world and their takes, especially when it comes to things like sex, by the way. You have the people that would, I think everybody's capable because we're humans. That's my take on this. But you have the people that would say, I would never cheat. Just not in my DNA. Just not going to do it. Not something I think about. You have people that would. You have people that the thought of their other significant other doing it would kill them. And others more like me that are like, okay. You know? So... To, to each their own. You've also got people that want to, you know, grown men that want to walk around in diapers and be treated like a baby. You got BDSM. You got, I mean, there's so many oddities, weird things. I had somebody send me something the other day. Have you ever, have you ever listened to this? This, <laughs> this is great. Crazy, I like the way this is starting. It was the All diaper right. that triggered them. Here we go. All right, what's, so what's somebody up? Somebody sent me something the other day. I'm going to find it. It's in Messenger. It's about horses and people. Okay, and it's not it's not like a sexual act. Good, because I was so getting really. Right, I, I went right. from intrigued to nervous. All right, so what it's called is people coming into their pony mind. All right, and they have these competitions where people literally act like horses, and they have somebody behind them kind of whipping them a little bit. Yeah, what? I think I, it's the at, weirdest. As thing. you're and saying it was just, this, it's like shock value kind of stuff. Do you remember? But people actually enjoy this. We're we're, we're, we're literally. I quote of of this video. <laughs> Their quotes, and I sent this back to this person, I said their quotes that stood out to me that made me bust out laughing. And what, what this older gentleman in this video is saying, I've seen when per- people put on their gear, they turn into actual horses. <laughs> Another quote is, I feel, I can feel through the bit something that they're biting yeah, into. Yeah, right, right. 
when he actually changes from human space into like pony space. Oh wow! They say, and they they're literally they they get dressed up. They're yeah. jumping these fences. They're going around around these little poles and whatnot. They're falling all over the place. I'm going off a of memory here. Do you remember the HBO series Real Sex? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty like sure I'm pretty sure Real Sex did a 80s, did a it was a show 90s. where they'd like do three different uh, stories. Yeah. It was like real sports. Same format, but with sex stories. That's interesting. I pretty sure Real Sex real did a story about HBO. this type of thing. Yeah, I had never made the real sports, real sex connection either. I didn't either. Until That's you interesting. Did that. I it's the same format. Here, I, a, it is, another, and I'd never noticed that. From this. They really have to keep us to try to obey. But it really doesn't work in their favor. That's a guy who's pretending he's a horse yeah. with the woman behind him, and she's in this little wagon. <laughs> like, what? And they're all dressed oh, up. Oh, man, I mean, I'm picturing these, these Ben outfits, Hur right now yeah, in a chariot race. have to be, I mean, they're expensive. Well, it's this leather, is, this is this no stuff. different, John, than furries. That, that's I, a, I don't I, even know what that is. That's a lifestyle no, where people like where dre- dress yeah, up in mascot up and, outfits, yeah. and, and it, it sexually turns them on to do that. You know, like the there, there's been there's been a the, hey there's been a time or two where my wife this will shock no one is like dude stop being such a pervert yeah dude the stuff that i would have said by, to, by to, way, to earn that title is nowhere near some of the stuff that people are into man yeah but that's advice you should follow when your wife says stop being such a pervert that's it's one of those things where you go okay it. all right i'm gonna try to dial Kate's this back a little girl. bit she's yeah, Kate is a smart girl. she secretly <laughs> likes it it's uh-huh. okay. yeah. but yeah there's there's uh, uh, imagine the weirdest thing you can think of. It exists and then go 10 layers deeper. Yeah. That, that stuff is definitely out there. So swinging is like lighthearted in the world of what some people are into out there. Oh, that's the, like when we're having conversations like this, foot fetish becomes a normal like, and I, that's something to me that is even a, why weird there's a yeah. site i don't weird. know i don't know i don't want to send people to pornography sites that's not exactly my thing but i but wonder there's I, a site but I, but i do wonder if this still exists by the way john feel free to look this up if you want to pedal pumpers what am i going to be looking into here? feet feet oh i don't really want to look feet into that. so ped, pedal pumpers ross i don't know if uh i don't know if it exists we got there's something pineapple in this oh place. yeah there is we got a pineapple on our we just notice that on our table that. it is not upside down kk bought that by the way i had nothing to do with that <laughs> pineapple so um the pe- pe- pedal pumpers pedal pumpers Pineapples. all pedal pumpers was is a foot uh woman's foot either naked or like the foot's naked she's not naked um or in high heels or whatever um pumping the gas pedal of a car just over and over, like pushing it to the floor and letting it up. Pushing it to the floor, letting it up. Pushing it to the floor, letting it up. That's the theory behind pedal pumpers, and that turns some people on. There you go. Mm. That, that's the whole thing. There's no sex involved. It's a foot pushing the gas pedal of a car. Is it? Who, who's the football coach? Uh, Jets old coach, oh, Rex Ryan. Ryan, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he so liked his it. wife's feet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got. Yeah, he's he's publicly is admitted that he has a foot fetish, which is hilarious. Feet uh, don't do anything for me. The the foot. No, I do like a good shoe. I can can appreciate a nice shoe. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's actually, supposedly, I I don't know if this is true or not. A a buddy of mine used to be a massage therapist, and he said there is a a spot on your foot. It's below your ankle bone or around that area where it's an erogenous zone. Yeah. And that can help 
create good feelings inside to where that can help you climax. Do you ever, do you ever hear like there's all these erogenous zones and then you like to read, you read the article. I mean, this, these articles are like in your uh, Cosmo or whatever, right? We're not talking about dirty stuff. It's just a normal yeah. article. Yeah. The woman has 25 erogenous zones on her body. Well, I've stumbled upon a couple of those and then I'm like, well, I'm going to try this tonight. And like an example of one would be like behind the knee. Okay, so I'm like, hey, come here. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little something to you behind your knee. <laughs> and your wife's and like, it doesn't the, do shit. The, dude. Uh, Mark, it's almost like that guy wrote that article because he was told he had to come up with an article. Yeah. And and just created erogenous zones that don't actually exist. There are some great things out there, Mark, about ladies that used to write for Cosmo yeah. or used to write for Glamour magazine and they talk it's about just all bullshit. it's all just crap. I mean, like twenty-four ice creams that might make you horny, <laughs> and they, and they just will Google ice cream. And, yeah, exactly right. It, it's the it is the it's nonsense. It's pineapple. Ice cream's good. Pineapple ice cream makes you feel good. Hey, we filled out some questionnaires for KK. Yeah. Good. What yeah. were those for? Uh, we're putting them on Facebook. Okay. Get to know our agent questionnaires. All right. I need her to follow my. <laughs> Mine word for word, letter for letter, as a matter of fact. Where's okay, I need a copy. Yeah, what, what happened? What did you put? A, well, I, I got a little goofy. Okay. But, and it you started You put off, you like pineapples, didn't I you? I didn't put I like pineapples. It started off normal, and I was answering the questions as honestly as I could. And, I, and, and what made me think of this was John pulled up the candle. One of the questions was like, what scent of candle yeah, do you like most? Yeah, what's your favorite candle scent? And dude, I realized as I was answering that question that I like almost all scents of candles. Like, yeah. I can't think of a candle scent I don't really sure. like. Yep. Yeah, this is coconut So it put me in a good. weird mood. And then like question nine was name something you're OCD about. Okay. So I put spelling with one L. And I'm hoping that she'll... she'll she got get, it. Get that and, and transfer it over. Got the joke. Hopefully. Are you OCD about spelling, by the way? No. Okay. No. I don't I'm think about, like, if I'm texting or sending an email. Spelling, well, because I don't want to look like a dumbass. That, I'm a, I'll, I'll ask you guys one of the questions that she asked our agents, by the way, and I don't know what you put, so this will be a re revelation to me. And if you don't know what the word is, I assume you've answered it so you know. One of the questions was, what are you bougie about? Bougie? Bougie meaning... Yeah. Uh, you want it to be nice. My you're word, it, you're yeah. like expensive in this area yeah. of your life. I'm bougie. My word for word answer for this was I had to Google bougie. Okay. It means expensive taste. Well, Mine would be cheese. Cheese. I really like expensive, good cheese. So a good so example for me would cheese, be like a $5 block of cheese. Yeah, a little more than that. I don't know. Yeah, but I'd say so seven dollars for like a little slice of gouda. And I don't mean a slice like a yeah. Uh, when I, I mean like a wedge, tiny, yeah. a little wedge would be about seven bucks. Or some really good. Go to the cheese shop for that. Or yep. something. I've yeah, I've got I've got right by it. Three. I've got three things that jump to mind to answer this. One would be concerts. Mm. I'll pay for good seats yep. up close. Uh, haircuts slash hair product. I'm not going to ever go to a great clips. I, I'll pay for somebody that's better at it. I, I care and I'll buy actual product. Um, what do you think the ladies at great clips don't care? Uh, that's a, another podcast. I'm not going to go down that road today. And then uh, another one would be hotel rooms. I'll pay for a nicer hotel yeah, over a super eight or something like that for sure. I was thinking so much cheaper in my life. I was like peanut butter was going to be my second. You can, hey, that could be bougie. I don't, if yeah. you, I, don't, I don't like cheap toilet paper. 
I bought a, a jar of almond butter once. Yes. It was like fourteen dollars, but it was freaking it's delicious. It was good, but I, you know, Jif was fine. The problem like, with I, the I'm not bougie about peanut butter. There the you go. The problem with like the almond butter and all the natural butters that you can get that is that it will separate gets runny water, water on yeah. top of it but then even worse than the runny and the water and the oil on sitting on top is that then once you get all that oil out you've just got kind of the dry chunky stuff at the bottom yeah you know, do you know what you do to eliminate that problem you side stir it up you flip it upside down god you're a genius never, just flip it never thought down. of that all right so jo- it, johnny what are you right what there. are you bougie about you got to answer the question Shit, i'm bougie about a lot of things probably man Golf? Hotel rooms make sense. Golf, man, I'm playing stuff from 2014. Okay. Makes no No, sense. I mean like courses. Do you, courses. If I said I wanted to go golf with you and I'm like, hey, man, let's meet at Waveland, would you say, uh, yeah, absolutely. let's I get it? Okay. Woodland Hills? How about Woodland Hills? I was hoping Johnny would be the guy would be like, like you know, let's go to TCI. TCI is fine. Yeah, I like TCI. Okay. Um, Dude, you want to go golf with Johnny at a course really like, it, it like makes, something no easy to, me because to watch him just at, annihilate at, it. What is golf at its foundation? Something we're bad at? It's a, a freaking game. You know, you're supposed to be fun. And I think golf is so uppity at times. Yeah, and it's stuffy. You get, I mean, it, you can find it at a public golf course. You can find it at a country club. At, and, and then you find some of the coolest people out there who just appreciate it for what it is at its foundation. And that's what's cool. And that's what it needs to get back to because to an extent it is an elitist thing. But I'm not, I'm not going to go out and say, I'm not going to go play golf unless it's at Des Moines Golf and Country Club. Mm. That's bullshit. Is DMGC the best one in Des Moines? Um, I like Glen Oaks from a layout perspective. Yeah, yeah out of out of Glen Oaks, this is me personally. Wakanda, oh. Hyperion. Um, I might I you know Des Moines Golf's a better golf course than Hyperion. It's a better facility overall. I like Hyper- I like playing Hyperion better. I like playing Wakanda better. To me, um, Des Moines Golf it has a lot of the same stuff over and yeah, over. Yeah, it's pretty flat. Um, no, there's some hills out there. There there there's some there's some elevation change. Not a lot a of trees. Clubs. At the Moine Golf? Yeah. There's plenty of trees out there. Yeah. I mean, T.D. Green is like not too to, difficult, but, like but to, the, the compared hard to like part Wakanda. is Wakanda. Wakanda cleared out a boatload of trees years ago um, and, and made it better. They had a big better. storm. That's right. um, and I, I, the shop value at every course is completely different. I just like the layout at Glen Oaks a lot. I play better there. Um, I'd say Des Moines Golf is by far the hardest course in Des Moines. I like the layout of TCI. It's got a couple of holes that are mm-hmm. just fun and big and beautiful. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. absolutely. Um, pianos would be one. Yeah, you're a musician, so that's a... I'm, I'm really picky about pianos. Uh, and, and you can hear the depth of sound in comparison to some in others. There's a really good mm-hmm. piano at... Uh, what's it? What's the... Is it Deluxe? Is that the name of the... Lux is Lux. the new hotel. Yeah, it used to be uh, Suites at 800 Locust. Yeah. They got a... You know, I haven't played it in a couple of years. Heard that's a swingers hotel. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> they got a nice bar downstairs, and my ex-wife and I used to go there from time to time. And they had a really nice piano, and I love playing that piano. It's good. I don't know if it's good anymore or not because it's easy to get out of tune if you don't take care of them. Um, you know, a couple of country clubs have some nice ones. The piano I play at home is okay. I wish it had a deeper sound, but, I mean, if I'm going to go and get something that much, it's going to be five, ten thousand dollars $10,000. Johnny likes the bass. Makes it low. Um, yeah, that's, that's something I am picky about. Um, I don't know. I drive an Explorer. It's not a cheap car. It's totally crazy. Bougie. Yeah, I know trying to think of other things vacations it's a good one money, if you're going to spend bougies go bougie vacations or go you cool know like thing. you're talking hotel rooms yeah uh, i mean if i'm going to go play in a golf tournament i'm not i'll probably stay in something that's like 100 110 bucks 120 bucks nothing crazy 
but I'm not going to go spend 30, 40, 50 bucks at some, yeah. you know. Bed bugs. Yeah, I don't want that. All right. No bueno. It's, uh, it's almost 1 o'clock. I'm starving. I don't know if you guys have eaten. But, yeah, uh, we're going to go eat. I'm curious about these chicken sandwiches that Heyo was talking about the other day. Hey-ho. I've never had a Popeye's chicken sandwich, so I think I'm going to go get Popeye's. Oh, that's and not a bad idea. Where is Popeye's? Not in Ankeny. Altoona. Ankeny's too bougie for Popeye's. Altoona's the closest, I think, to to these doors. Mm. All, right. All right, fellas. Well, uh, we covered some ground. Today. Hey, I got a I got a, uh, a showing tomorrow morning on my listing. I got a last time we talked. I didn't even have. A, I was headed so to Ross, a listing. So Ross meeting. has a, a listing, an official sign in the yard. Yeah, a, a true listing. Uh, last time we did a, car, a podcast, I was leaving here that night. I was going down to talk to the... Did you get the showing that's coming up? Is it? Are you showing it or another agent? Another agent. Okay. Yep. Still counts. Still yeah. Counts. That's, I'm, I'm Good for you, man. Excited about that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to joining here. Too. Get it sold. Johnny's going to be licensed maybe sometime later this month. I take my test on the 26th. Supposed to be last month, but COVID... COVID had other plans. Just so remember that uh, Pico the Deleter only had to take it the one time to get licensed. And so also, the gauntlet is thrown down. And also yep. remember not to send me source documents. Yeah. I'll try to remember that. <laughs> Definitely don't. Man. Anything important. I'll just text it to you. Good instead. idea. Very good idea. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Ross, you can come pick up a copy and, and copy it yourself. Mm-hmm. For Johnny Burns and Pico the Deleter, I'm Mark. We'll see you next week. Another episode of Jump the Shark is in the books. Ross and I hope you had fun with us and we made your week a little better. If you love the show, you can help the show. Please subscribe to us wherever it is you listen to your podcast. You can also show some love by telling others about Charterhouse Real Estate. We have made it easy for you to talk about us by charging sellers a lot less commission. They will thank you for giving them our name. We truly appreciate your support and we will talk to you next week.